following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. June, you've just uh, given me a bit of trivia, in fact. Uh, but <laughs> it is a, a sad... You love trivia. I do. You but love trivia. This one's a little bit disheartening, really, that oh. you told me what hmm. the the top uh, psychological diagnosis disorder is in the world mm-hmm. is something that we speak to occasionally, often really, and uh, that you're speaking about this coming Sunday. What is that? Anxiety. Hmm. Anxiety. And, you know, there, there are people who say, well, I think I know what it is. But I really don't. Can you, know, can you what, what, what is anxiety? And I think that's important to know um, because uh, it, it's distinguished from fear and worry and others. But anxiety is a feeling of apprehension. It's a nervousness over something imminent but which has an uncertain outcome. In other words, it's like it stems from uncertainty, not, you know, it's like, well, what caused this? Or just, it's like there's big question mark, as opposed to fear. Fear is... An emotion and it is and it's clear what a person is fearful of if it happens to be somebody you know holding a gun at your head okay if it's if it's snakes if it's and we could go down a list of specific things fearful that you're not going to pass this test um, and therefore, your grade will make you uh, have an F. You know, in other words, it's the the that which is feared is known. Anxiety, it's like there's just it, there there isn't a certainty about what is causing this. Or if we could say it this way, it's hoping that something will happen. But have no having no guarantee it will, or fearing something will happen, but having no assurance that it won't. Hmm. It's it's kind of almost I, I think of it right now as like no man's land. It's like not knowing where to land on this. And there are anxiety disorders. A disorder means that it impairs normal functioning. It, you're, the way you normally live your life, you're not going to be able to do that if you, have a, if you have a disorder. And so when we, in fact, the Bible even says, an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing, and a despairing heart. It's, in other words, the, the Bible is describing those who are troubled or in a troubled situation, to have an anxious mind. But I think one of the questions that a lot of people are not clear about has to do with worry 
versus anxiety. Yes. And I could say even worry versus fear. When you hear worry, and, you know, I've worried about certain things. Now, we're told in the Bible by from Jesus, do not worry about anything. But listen to this. Worry has to do with what your mind is thinking. It's all about your thinking. It's, it's not an emotion. Worry is not your feelings. It is what you're choosing to dwell on. And therefore, I can say it this way, worry is experienced through thoughts in the mind. Anxiety is experienced through the emotions in, in the body. Or to say it differently, um, worry deals with a specific object to worry about. Anxiety, it doesn't have to be specific. It can just be this feeling of uneasiness. And worry is most often uh, expressed verbally through the thoughts. Anxiety is more emotional. It's felt through the body. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, it's also interesting. Um, Worry is more linear, like A plus B equals C, you know, it's, or two plus two is four. Um, Worry is more cyclical. It's kind of like being... Um, a hamster on a wheel that just goes around and around and around and you're not really getting anywhere. So uh, that's why we're going to deal with anxiety. There are specific things to do and I think that this is for our discipleship uh, discipleship, uh, university and um, I'm just so grateful that it's helping a lot of people learn what they need to learn about things that are happening in their lives. So join us, if you wish, on Zoom or in person. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE. Anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, if there's a topic that we bring up here on the program and you'd like more information on that, just uh, talk to them and they'll point you to some resources of ours that will help you to unpack that information, the, the whatever struggle you might be dealing with in your life. And as June was just talking about the topic of anxiety, uh, we do have uh, Keys for Living called Calming the Fearful Heart, and you can ask them about that. Now, that uh, that series that she's been talking about, the How to Handle Your Emotions, that there she's doing live at First Baptist of Dallas. If you're local, you can certainly come to that. Uh, that's Sundays at 5.30. And if you're, uh, that's Central Time, by the way, because if you wanted to attend that by Zoom, you can do that as well. Just go to hopefortheheart.org slash events and find the details there. But this week, she'll be talking about anxiety, and you might want to uh, make yourself available there to get that information firsthand from, uh, again, by attending in person or by Zoom. Make sure you check that out. Again, hopefortheheart.org slash events. Now let's get to our uh, caller for tonight, and we welcome a caller in North Carolina listening on WZDG. Tonight we have James. Well, hello, James. Welcome to Hope. Uh, how you doing? Um, yeah, I'm a little nervous, which I guess is, is irrelevant. To the, you're you're allowed to be. That's okay, because we're you, it yeah. won't last long because we're going to be friends. How's that? That sounds good. Uh, oh, uh, well. Well, if you want me to, I'll kind of get start started and try kind of put things in a nutshell, and you can sure. Uh, I would love to hear it. You can, but uh, I was uh, I was born in a family that I'm the oldest. I'm 66 now, but I was the oldest sibling. Uh, my oldest sister was 10 years younger. The the other 11 years younger, mm-hmm. and there was a. There was a lot of turmoil uh, in the family, uh, and uh, it was really ver- a lot of verbal, but it was to an extreme, and then it was re- a relentlessness about it. And but uh, as I got somewhere, I don't know the exact, maybe 10, 10 12 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. 
just started seeming like they weren't real. And I and I don't know if, if, if that's understandable to somebody that hasn't experienced it, but I was drifting into an area in my lo- time in my life where things just weren't real, and it was kind of scary. Uh, and, it, and I'm that way now. Uh, uh, and I... Some, my mind can race, and I, I'm, you know, I could, can lose my train of thought. I'm hoping to do my best, and, uh, and I wish, kind of wished I'd have prayed about that first. But I, <laughs> I got, I didn't. But um, you're, you're doing great. Uh, you're doing great. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, but um, I found out, you know, like I say, things just weren't real. There was a change in my life, and uh, as I got in my teenage years, and you want, you try to get to know people, I, I had a really uh, skillful way of halfway knowing people and bouncing off the fringes of groups. And uh, I think a lot of it had to do, to an extent, with it was almost like you're ashamed for anybody to come over or visit so you don't get to know people that well. And uh, mm-hmm. I was likable to, to a lot of people. And then as I got, you know, older and out on my own, I still was, I was still doing that. I just kept a distance and, and, uh, I became, I was sort of an introverted hippie kind of guy. And, uh, uh, and I just, it was a rare thing if anybody visited me, but yet I, I don't know if I put off any signals or, that caused that, but but I I did manage to get in around certain groups and certain maybe parties or gatherings. I I became at one point what people might have I think people used to call a grateful grateful deadhead, you know. I, <laughs> and uh, and I, later I got into to jazz and I I do play the guitar. I'm kind of Mm. intermediate at that but but i've kind of stagnated in that intermediacy and uh but i would spend a lot of time by my and marijuana became a a a way of dealing with it uh and uh but i had i had a way of just entertaining my thoughts and my imaginations and not being really interactive with people and uh and then as the decades went by, I would, I probably had more jobs than, than I could put to my memory and, uh, multiple kind of multiple fields being sort of semi-skilled in different areas. And, uh, I know uh, I had a job, uh, work construction more when I was younger and, uh, I got, I was, found myself, uh, as I got in the middle age, I, I just needed to get out of constru- the physicality of construction. I got an, mm-hmm. I ma- managed to get an associate in electronics. I, mm. uh, you know, I worked full-time and went to school full-time, and I kind of regret that I didn't stretch the school out over time more. I graduated with a 2.88. You know, they're not going to be knocking on your door. Or that, but, and, but then I found out um, just because of focus and uh, the mind racing, I never got good at troubleshooting in a field, in a technical field. So, you know, 
wanting to get out of that physical stuff, I was got. I ended up in in a job where I in that field, but I was climbing towers and water tanks sometimes, and and I was doing this, you know, not with nothing seeming real, <laughs> and even mm. having panic attacks. And I'd be up there in the air and say, "What? What's causing me to? Where am I getting the courage to, or the or the foolhardiness to do this?" And uh, but um, that, as far as the not being real aspect of things, uh, I've spoke to people about it and had went to secular counselors, and they, they some people would look at you like puzzled. But I have, I have the only thing I can find close to that. There's a term called disassociation, where uh, mm-hmm. where that you kind of feel that way, but. But what I've been told, uh, uh, I went. I know when I was in my and got my associate, I one of those courses prerequisites you have to take. I was a psychology course, and I got to speak with a teacher in her office once, and uh, she told me about the disassociation. And but it's usually something that it could be a traumatic event that 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 takes that causes you to get into that, that non-reality, but it's a phase. But with me, it's been since a child, 10, 12 years old, till, till 66. You know, I still deal with mm-hmm. it. And, it's, um, and I think it's affected my the fact that I've never got married, never had children, never went in the military. All those, all those talking points when you get in a group as you get older that aren't there. And so you, so you just feel more inclined to stay away from people. But yet at the same time, you're longing to be with people. Uh, I, and when you, when I would be home by myself, as I, you know, I could be on the laptop on the computer, have the TV going, and mm-hmm. then have the radio on. Try. It's like you're. You feel, feel a compulsion to absorb things around you to the point mm-hmm. that it's just not hardly funk. You're you're just you're putting yourself into this pit, you know, and 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 you're in a place where you may not get out if you don't change. And uh, and but um, the mind racing has gotten bad enough to where it's it. it pushes in on your of what of in on your consciousness and just being able to focus focus on what's in front of you and it, to the point you it creates anxiety it creates tension because you can't control it i i tried things like you know counting like one two three and see how high of a count i can go before before some thought pushes in and gets in the way you know, do little mm. exercises to try, but um, as uh, I, <clears throat> but just jumping ahead to closer to where I am now, uh, about I guess it's going going on about fifteen months or so now. Uh, I started having well, I, I was working a job and I I had to quit it almost on the spot. Uh, I was having chest pains, breathe, you know, a lot of pressure on my chest and, and just really struggling. And uh, 
and then at December 21, I think it was, where I worked my last day of work, and I just couldn't, I couldn't even give them a notice. It, it was just too overwhelming. I just, and uh, I had uh, doctors sending me to places uh, that, you know, pulmonologists pulmonologist mm-hmm. and cardiologist, and I would, and I did have sinus trouble, and I would tell them about it, and mm-hmm. uh, and but nobody would seem to take it into account. But I thought about, you know, this ain't this is this sinus trouble seems more than it's been in the past. It's just I'm not having periods where it I'm better. And then I, I took it upon myself. I went to a, a ear nose stroke doctor, and then I got my 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 primary at that doctor at that time to refer me and they but they found out that I was uh they got these things up your nose called turbinate but that the, the air goes through and if they inflame they you know it can affect your breathing I was 100% blocked on my left side mm. 70 75% blocked on my right side wow and, uh, and and I was having to rely on breathing through my throat, and then I developed throat problems. <clears throat> this time, this time, June, about a year ago, uh, I was get set up to talk to you, but the throat, the throat was just too bad. I had mm-hmm. to back out. But but at that time, I went to the emergency room three times. You know, uh, around this time last year, I. I'd been like three separate times, and they do all these tests, chest X-rays, and they're not really finding anything. And uh, but then it makes it takes your faith away from the medical establishment. It seems COVID has done that too to a mm-hmm. lot of people. And but uh, um, but I uh, I just I had surgery on that. Uh, back in this past June, but I went about six months. I was I was rolling on the floor in my apartment, and I couldn't cry because of my throat. I could moan a little bit, but I, and somehow I was getting to the store, and and just there, I had meals on. I hear some music. I don't know if yeah. I should pause or not. But, well, but, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so. You were able to get to the door to get food for Meals on Wheels, right? Correct. Okay. And, uh... Well, I'll tell you what. Let's come back. We'll put a bookmark there, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you several questions about what you shared. We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. 
It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart. We'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you'd uh, like to get some information, if maybe a topic tonight has piqued your interest and you'd like to get some uh, details on that, some resources that will help you to understand that better about you or somebody you care about, call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you and uh, just point you to some resources, maybe on our website that would be free resources there in the form of our quick reference guides. There's just a two-page um document there with lots of information on any particular topic. All of our 100 Keys for Living uh, topics are represented there in the quick reference guides. You can find some helpful things there, uh, scripture references that will uh, relate to that situation, to that uh, particular topic, or you can get the fuller treatment in our, our Keys for Living. Let me recommend one of those called Verbal and Emotional Abuse Victory Over the Power of Abuse. And that and uh, all that other information is available by calling customer support at 800 488 Hope, 800-488-4673. If there's something you'd like to speak with June Hunt about on a specific uh, situation that's going on in your life, you'd do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, just give us a call at 800-917. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll get right back and schedule you to talk with June on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800-917-800-644-4817. Getting back now to our conversation with James. Well, James, I'm going to ask a specific question. Do you feel that you've had uh, off and on anxiety, uh, just like you, you might not know why, uh, it's less identifiable, uh, like fear, if there's a dog that's about to attack, you know what, what, why you're, you're afraid of that dog. Anxiety uh, is, you, you, you could have a sense of uh, danger, but, but not know why. 
and uh, so just I'm just wanting to know do you do you believe that along the way you've had anxiety felt anxiety uh, over something uncertain just for a long period of time or, or not uh, you, you could say no that's okay yeah yeah there it is I would, I don't know how to say yes or no exactly, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's, it's an accumulation of things, maybe, uh, a lot of static, and, and is a good, the word that comes to mind is static, hmm. uh, but, and, uh, I can maybe grab onto an event here or there that, that, that was, that's kind of, in my crawl, but, um, uh, and, and, and I've almost, I forgot your question, but I think it's, um, just this general sense of anxiety that I can't pin it on anything particular. Mm-hmm. And that, and I definitely do have that. Yeah. Um, okay. And let, let me, um, uh, address that for a moment. And no, I'm going to start back because I just want you to hear when you started describing your home life I'll tell you it so touched my heart Um, you described you didn't want people to know or to come to your home Um, you people away from that um, it was just too uncomfortable for you or I, 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 I just identified with it because I remember so much um, I but my situation and I'm going to tell you it, it was so different uh, nobody I I didn't think anybody had my situation but my dad had three families going on concurrently, um, but he was, you know, 28 years older than my mom, my dad, and um, it it wasn't, it, he wasn't good, I mean, he wasn't kind, he would be cruel at times, and I never knew what would happen, and if anybody were to be there, I, I I wouldn't know if all of a sudden it'd be World War Three inside. Um, right. It's just, right. and I know you mentioned the verbal abuse. Um, you know that that impacts us when we're kids because we're not safe. There's not security, is there? Right. I got it. Kind of grow up on your own. Yeah. There's something I, I wanted to mention that distinctly from that time, and I did, didn't want to get into too much detail, but I I know my mother as she was, uh, my father would really chew on her, and he would walk, they'd be in the dining room, and they, he'd walk down the hall to their bedroom, and then pace back there and chew on her some more, and come back and forth, and 
I would get walk out of my bedroom to try to stop it, and it was the same old conversations, you know, mm. over and over. But one mm-hmm. one thing that that's really struck me over time, my mother used to grind her knuckles. She would sit in a fetal position in the chair and mm. and grind grind her knuckles into her eye socket, and she would gag. She couldn't really get out sentences. It would be like you hurt me or something, you know, she just mm. couldn't get out and, and this was frequent. And, but she, the next morning I would look at her and it was hard to be encouraging because of, the, of a weakness there that I, that broke your, that you wish you didn't have to see. And, but she, the grinding of her knuckles in her eye sockets, she would mm. make you think, think of an insect or something because her face would be so and and mm. that's just from grinding her knuckles. Bless her and heart. And never being and never being touched, never even being touched by him. Mm. Uh, but um, now they, now she's my father passed in 2018, and I, uh, let me know if I'm going on a tangent. But uh, you know, uh, they both remarried, and my mother's married. Well, yeah, she, there, she, do, you know, he at least from a financial standpoint, she she's secure. I mean, he don't. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say he abuses her, but um, the stepfather, I wouldn't say that. But she she had, you know, he's in his upper. She, he's eighty now, almost ninety, and she's eighty six. And but she has to work hard to take care of him, and I think feel like he could be kinder, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going on. I'm going on a tangent. You might want to stop me. But, well, I, I uh, think. I think the point is, you know, when you hear abuse, um, there is physical abuse. But I'll tell you what is more uh, wearing to the person is verbal and emotional abuse, and right. certainly that's what your mom experienced. Or maybe it was more even physical, but the point is it was traumatic enough that it it impacted her. You said she was in a fetal position, and what that means is when they get in that tucked position as though they were little infants, um, it's like that's more safety that's a more safe position they're tucked and it means that that they don't like what's going on in the real world today uh for them and so it was it was hard you you had a a tough time you know for you to and you said when you were 10 years old uh it's like things didn't seem real. Now, I want to know what what kinds of things didn't seem real. Okay, just uh, yes, that that I might not explain myself too well, but I'm talking about twenty four seven every second. There's not every, so you're talking about everything, uh, and I just go through life just dealing with it. And I think more of the physical aspect and being older, I, 
it's, it's, it's overwhelming me now, or in the past, I could cope with it, even maybe even be entertained by it. But now mm. it's like a, a, a almost like a continuous, I almost want to say nightmare. <laughs> on, the, on the good mm-hmm. side, I think I've recently found a church that I feel really good about. I, I've got, and you, you know something, June, uh, in the last year, you hate, you know, suffering is, is it does bring you close to God, and I, I know I've, uh, <clears throat> I believe, and I feel like God has, uh, now I heard of somebody, I didn't mention names, but a pastor I had some respect for, but that, that said that suffering is, you know, God allows it, but I was under, but don't. But he doesn't put it on you. He allows it. But I, I, I felt like in Scripture, I, I know Lamentations chapter three says he'll bring grief, but he'll show compassion. And but there's, and then the way he was constantly putting these, these plagues and diseases and uh, on on the Israelites, this, this pattern through the Old Testament. I feel like God actually will put that suffering on you more so than just allowing it. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that. But, um, well, the Bible says that we are called, and this is interesting, in First Peter that we're called to suffer, uh, to be persecuted, um, and it's not... It's not that we have done something wrong, but when you look at the intention of, of what, how God uses uh, suffering, the, the, there is a theme in the Bible of the positives of suffering. Now, what, what I can say is you think about one of the most... Uh, beloved figures in in the Bible, Joseph. I mean, he was falsely accused, and his brothers sent him off to Egypt, um, sold him as a slave, and then he was falsely accused uh, by the wife of of the the person that he worked for, and uh, he was jailed for several years. And he ended up becoming prime minister of Egypt. And because of his position, and he always responded right. He responded in a godly way. And as such, he literally saved the Jewish people. Um, they, uh, he had, uh, I'm, I'm going to... Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. 
The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you to address your situation. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help you access the resources that you need that would help you the most. Their number again, 800-488-HOPE. And uh, I'll mention the keys for living on verbal and emotional abuse, victory over the power of abuse. And that and uh, so many other titles are available by calling customer support. Again, their number, 800-488-HOPE, 800 488 4673, and they'll help you with that. Also, check out our website at hopefortheheart.org slash store. There you can find new updated keys for living and uh, more titles being added month by month. Also, our Lifeline to Hope online training is there, as well as June's many biblical resources, books, and music CDs. You'll find it at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Now back to tonight's conversation with James. James, I really believe that there was pain that you had that you did not cause, but pain that was so substantial. Uh, As you said, you didn't want anybody ever to come to your house. Isn't that true? And did I, I gather you felt a type of shame. Is that right? I mean, even as you described your mother, she would be in a fetal position and then kind of work her hand in the socket of the eye and then... See, there's something that caused her to go so inward. Um, And people who get in a fetal position... That's typically they're wanting to get back to childhood where they could feel protected because they don't feel protected. 
Does that make sense, what I'm saying, for your mom? Um, I can see where, yeah, if you want to maybe regress back to childhood, it's like kind of you're looking for, for someone to protect you. Um, By the way, you, you hit the right word. It's called regression. I don't know if you knew that, but that's called regression. And you regress back to that that time of being a little a little child. But so, you know, what is interesting, you've been a survivor. I've written down all these things that you did. Um, I know you, several times you would say, but it was like not being real. But you had these multiple jobs and you played guitar and associate in in electronics and so you've been a survivor a thought that I have if you if you wish to do this I'm going to assume well I don't know have you ever written your story down the story of your life I didn't think you had. Um, I'm going to encourage you to do this. Because, see, that's real. That's a real story. You've told me a lot. You talked about being the oldest sibling. And then it was 10 and 11 years later, there were these two other siblings. Um, but it's like... When you were in your teen years, you would just kind of bounce off of these fringe groups. And yet, you know, what's interesting is when, when we've been talking, you have, you have good communication. But it's like... I can't. One, one thing I have trouble with I'll kind of talk fast and my if I if I have it's when I interact with people sometimes I'll lose a or when they're in the middle of saying something I'll there'll be a thought that I need to tell them mm -hmm. and, and then before I and if I show the patience for them to finish the sentence I'll lose it and I can end up interrupting somebody and and but I, I run into that situation a lot I think we all no. I think it's that's that is not abnormal, because when people are talking, you're thinking, you're listening, and you're applying. Um, but there's one thing I do want to ask. You mentioned having panic attacks. Can you just tell me when when did you have those? What what do you know? What prompted? Either it might have been an anxiety attack. See, if it's an anxiety attack, uh, you at times may not know why you have anxiety. Um, it's more uncertain. Um, and with anxiety attacks, that's it. They, they both have hyperventilation. They both have both panic attacks and um and anxiety attacks, there's some similarity. But an anxiety attack, um, there, there's this huge uncertainty about 
life. And so um, t tell me what was going on when you had the panic attacks. Well, one interesting note is I haven't had them probably in over 20 years. It's my middle okay. age and upper middle age, mm -hmm. and they kind of went, went away. And I, okay. I don't, can't explain it, but it's just the general anxiety. And something before we run out of time I wanted to mention because it's relevant. Right now I'm dealing with a lot of physical symptoms while trying to focus and be in the uh, aside from the mind races, so I've got sleep apnea. Just got on a CPAP machine. I got it. Oh, I'm just shy of being severe on the sleep apnea. I've got prostatitis pain that the doctors can't seem to get rid of. So I, I feel that right now. Uh, mm. And uh, so there's so there's different other things. You know, chest pressure, GERD. <laughs> hypersalivation, shortness of breath. I could, I'm just trying to function from that standpoint as well, and it, sometimes it makes it hard to distinguish, you know, what's, what's mental and, what, and, and what's mental from, and what, from a standpoint of what physically is causing you to, to have these emotional and mental problems. Mm -hmm. and, and watch just aside from the physical to make that, to be able to distinct, distinguish once, you know. But I, I, these, these, I was having a lot of problems before all these things. Yeah. So, okay, well, let, let, let me make a suggestion just because of the time. I'm going to say for you to take a piece of paper and, you know, just a regular eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and... Um, or 8 by 11, and the bottom line is just to kind of put a, a, a straight line from the top to the bottom and then split it up into three sections. It'd be your childhood, your teenage years, and then your adulthood. And then you're just going to write what, what took place. And you've you've done a great job of talking to me about this, about what it was like when it when you were very young. But what's going to happen is there are going to be some things that are going to come out that you're going to write down. Uh, these could be things that have been painful to you, challenging, but in your childhood first, and just put a little like a little hash mark, and then put how old you were on the left, and on the right, it's just going to be um, what you would write down that would be causing uh, something that would be challenging or painful. Um, and, and then go to the teenage years, and it could be, you know, not being accepted and by certain people or being as you said you were fearful you didn't you didn't want anybody to come to your house you didn't want them to see how your your family was but write those things down and then go to your adult years and there's a point then when you look at all this and by the way if it takes two pages that's fine that doesn't matter, but for you. To, more, but. 
<laughs> well, you can have do as many as you wish, because the point is, it that is real. Because you've said things didn't seem real. Well, what can take place is you can you and I both didn't feel accepted, and we had things that were not normal in our lives. A lot of times, kids, they don't have normal. Normal is a setting on a dryer, <laughs> but they they don't know normal. And And what I'm saying is, for you to write these things down, that's what's real. And if you didn't feel uh, accepted or people, you know, you could see groups, yeah, they, you, you could be kind of on the fringe. But in truth, we want to be a part. Yet you said, I kept a distance from people. There, there was a time when you decided, I'm going to keep a distance. But and so to write those things down and then to come back, at the very, very end, and then to look at this, and if you have tears, fine. If you don't like what you've you've written, but that that's real, and that's that was then. Listen to this. That was then. This is now. I want you to say that after me. That was then. That was then. This is now. now. Okay. Say it again. You know what? Yeah. And God has a plan for you for as long as you're alive. And then I want you, if you can, write down the scripture, Jeremiah 29.11. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you. And that's what God says. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future because my friend for as long as you're alive you're going to be able to actually identify with people who have felt shunned who have felt less than who felt like people wouldn't understand my home situation I mean I don't expect people to understand my my home life and every once in a while, there'll be something else that'll come to my mind, and I'll think, oh, I just say, thank you, God, that I don't ever have to go back. But, you know, it, but it gave, like right now, I have huge empathy for what you said when you said you didn't want anybody to ever come and be in your home. It, it was just, it was too hard. And most kids like for other kids to come. Uh-uh, not me, not you. But see, I because I've been there and you've been there, you'll be able to identify with others who are hurting. And that's highly valuable. So I'm sending you our material on anxiety. I think it will help you. You hang on to We will send our keys for living on anxiety called Calming the Fearful Heart. That is... Uh We do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you for that. If you'd like to order resources for yourself, do so at 800-488-HOPE. Anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. 
And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.